0: And thanks for joining us now on KVCR for KVC Arts. Arts and entertainment as well as the people and places providing it. I'm David Fleming. This edition of the program features comedian Leanne Morgan, and we'll get to that in just a moment. First, though, a reminder that our fall membership campaign kicks off next week, and we'll be looking for your membership dollars. Listener contributions make up the greater portion of our operating budget and any contributions made now will count toward our fall goal and may even shorten the time that we're on the air. Please take a moment to give and let us start the on-air portion of our campaign on a positive note with a portion of our goal already attained. Give at kvcrnews.org support or by phone, if it's more comfortable, call 877-512-8843. Again, that's 877 512 8843, or online at kvcrnews.org. Now on to Leanne Morgan, a comedian in our area soon at Morongo Casino and Resort October 29th. Her comedy combines telling stories about her own life with a generous amount of Southern charm, and it was Southern charm which captured me right away. From the moment I answered the phone, actually, it really started to paint a picture right away. KVCR, this is David.
1: David, my darling, it's Leanne Morgan.
0: <laughs> you are... Um, is it
1: okay on this line, my angel, or you want me to call you on the other one?
0: No, no, darling, and some sweet tea with that, yes. Uh, hey. No matter what I may sound like, you're really taking me back home. I was raised in western Kentucky, and hence the sweet tea and the just... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, my
1: in Western Kentucky
0: a town called Murray just about 11 oh, miles honey, I of... know
1: all about Murray Kentucky
0: oh good god why <laughs>
1: because I was raised in Adams Tennessee which is on the Kentucky Tennessee border oh, yes. and my people would go down to Murray Kentucky to the lake
0: oh yeah L-B-O. and I was
1: born in Bowling Green oh no so, way oh my god yeah yeah We didn't stay there long. All my people are from Tennessee, but, oh, we went to Murray, Kentucky all the time. Oh, wow. Kim Lake, Berkeley, all down in there. Paris, I had a grandmother in Paris, Tennessee, so right over the Kentucky-Tennessee border. And my agent, listen to this, David. My Uh agent, who is the top agent in this business and comedy in the world, his mom and daddy met at Murray State.
0: Oh, wow.
1: He's from New York. I mean, they're all like northern people, and his daddy was getting a master's, and his mom was undergraduate, and they got married from Murray State. Have you ever? His name is Nick Nusiforo. I was like, you're kidding me. He went, no. But anyway, okay, I know we could talk forever, David. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my
0: God. I would not have expected this. I've spoken with musicians from Indiana who happened to have recorded in Paducah, and so that was a common laugh line or whatever. But, wow, really cool, Yeah, I was uh, really looking forward to this. And we will certainly address your current tour in a bit, but let's talk about some of the basics. Your entry into comedy, which started with you pretty much selling jewelry. Yes,
1: honey. So my husband and I met at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, which Knoxville. is now we moved back here, and I've raised my children here. But he bought a used mobile home business in Bean Station, Tennessee ah. after he got out of graduate school and moved me there. And it is in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. And I had finished my degree, but I got pregnant with my first baby, and I want to stay at home and nurse and be with him but i always have had a side hustle david and i wanted to always be in the business of show business and i wanted to be a comedian but i you know i'm from the country i didn't know how and yep. i didn't know about comedy clubs and all that kind of stuff so anyway i have my first baby and i started selling jewelry to have a little extra money so i could get my hair highlighted and you know,
0: all that <laughs> better flannel and,
1: And I started selling this jewelry in women's living rooms like Mary Kay and Tupperware. Mm. And women thought I was funny. Like some woman peed on a couch one night. And I thought, (laughs) I really and truly thought, okay, I've got it. If she just peed on somebody's couch, (laughs) I've got it. And then... I started booking so far in advance these parties that the company noticed and asked me to start speaking at their big regional and national things, and that gave me the confidence to try to make it in comedy.
0: Oh, my gosh. I had read about (laughs) that. I know. The thing about, you know, some people know it, and I think that I even had a question like that somewhere written down in my notes to ask, you know, what let you know that you had something that could make people laugh? And I guess some people it would be a joke that went, well, in your case – Someone peeing on somebody else's couch. (laughs) It doesn't involve a frat party. That's really cool. Mm.
1: Well, I knew, though, David, when I was five, I Ah, feel like I knew that I was going to be doing something in entertainment. And I tell people that, but I really believe that. And my mama would say to me, oh, you can do anything. You're going to be a movie star. And she used to tell me, she'd say, you've got blonde hair on your arms and legs, and so did Marilyn Monroe. You're going to be a movie star. And I thought, I really thought, David, that's all it took. But anyway, all through high school, and my teachers would ask me to emcee things, and I don't know, I just knew I could do it. I just... I feel like I'm a good storyteller and there's people in my family that are good storytellers and I always can make people laugh. Thank goodness because I think it's a wonderful trait to have because you can get through a lot of things laughing. Oh, yes.
0: Mm -hmm. If it's just entertaining people or, I say just, that's an important thing. But if it's entertaining people or just levity, something to break somebody out of an otherwise serious moment. But um, the bits that I've seen, some little five-minute clips, I think, I hate to say this wrong because I'm about to say if your daughter is looking... Uh, I better not. Oh, with that it.
1: outfit on when yeah. she was in competition yeah. here. Yes, yeah. honey.
0: So the bits that I've seen, it seems to be situational comedy drawn from actual experiences. Are these always truly your own experiences? Or do you ever pick up on something maybe a friend went through and personalized it for the sake of telling a funny story on stage?
1: You know, really and truly, it's been all things that have happened to me, Mm. but I have had, well, I say that, I have had friends tell me a funny story, and I've been able to incorporate it in something that happened to me. Gotcha. I've got funny women around me, yeah, and I've had, a few times I've had people tell me stuff, but I've always, when I say it, I'll go, my friend, Emily, went to try on a bathing suit, and this happened to her, you know, but everything has always been from real things that happened.
0: Gotcha, okay. Okay. Here's something that'll take you home too. This could easily be a case of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> but have you uh, ever experimented with other types of comedy, you know, uh, jokes, one-liners, prop humor, or imitation? You know, that kind of thing. Or is it just you've always been funny this way? So hey, do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, a couple of times I've tried to do more observational. You know, like Jerry Seinfeld and look at a cotton ball and write a bit. Yep. And I want to be that, David. I want to be that smart. But I've tried it, and, you know, it's okay, but it's just not me. I just feel like I'm not good at that. I feel like I'm more of just the way I say things and how I look at things, and the storytelling is more my jam. Gotcha. But I'd like to be that smart. I like <laughs> I know people who do that, different ways of doing comedy, and, oh, and they are wonderful writers, and they can help other people write their stuff. Nobody comes to me for advice. Good. Okay, okay. <laughs> Nobody comes and says, Leanne, help me with this joke, because (laughs) they know that I, you know, I just tell what happened to me. I hate that I don't have that talent, but anyway. Uh,
0: Well, you know, it's not that talent or levels of smarts. It's a stylistic approach. It's as simple as that. And some people, I mean, Stephen Wright is beautiful with the dry, dry one-liners. Oh,
1: not wonderful?
0: But I don't know. If he started doing a situational type of thing, it may not work for him. But your thing works great. Okay, so I want to set this up for people in that you mentioned Bean Station, Tennessee. And yeah. to let people know about this, this is a beautiful, beautiful region. It'd be easy for people to not have heard of it unless they're American history buffs. It's a small, small town, uh, 3,000 people or so. And I said it's a beautiful area. It's the Smoky Mountain National Park to the south, Cumberland National Park yeah. to the north, of Kentucky, uh, an hour from Knoxville, which would be the closest town. But it was when you moved to Texas, which really gave you more opportunities. Is that kind of where it really took off from women peeing on the couch to you getting crowds going?
1: <laughs> yes, you angel. So my husband, he sold that used mobile home business and went to work for a large mobile home company, national company that's the biggest in the United States. And they moved us to South Texas. So I was living Ah. in San Antonio, and I had three little children, three, five, and seven. And I started doing open mic there in San Antonio, and I moved up pretty quickly. But what really took off was down the road in Austin, Texas, was one of the top comedy clubs in the United States called Cat City Comedy Club. And it just opened back up. It shut down during the pandemic, and they just opened back up. Mm. But they had chick stick night (laughs) and it was just women i signed up and i got on stage and the woman who ran it margie who's still a good friend of mine believed in me and started lifting me up and they put me first time in their history from opener to headliner Mm. and it was i mean it was nerve-wracking i thought it was going to kill me because i was so nervous but they believed in me and things started happening for me then But, David, I mean, I got a manager, and I got some TV spots and all that kind of stuff, but I was still a a mama of little children, and my husband is an executive with that big company, still is, Mm -hmm. and so he would travel and be gone, and so being a mother was my first priority, and I couldn't come up in clubs. Being gone every week. And, you know, back then you'd have to go to a comedy club four or five days, you know, four or five nights. And I couldn't be away from the children that long. So I had to figure out another way in this business to make it. And so I just had to do what I could. So I did a lot of private corporate things. I did Mm. women's groups, churches. I do some clubs every once in a while. But I just had to carve out another path, you know, because you don't see many mamas with a bunch of kids doing comedy, and that's why.
0: Yeah, it makes absolute sense. And the type of humor that you do... At the risk of offending, this could be related to Roseanne, Roseanne Barr. Yeah. Uh, Because when she first came out, yeah, she was very much in her early days before other mm, events. She was very much the housewife humor and the real-life situations humor. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's complaining about the husband. Sometimes it's just truly uh, something that we've all tripping on the way to seal a mailman kind of stuff. Yeah. And so this is very much your thing as well. So, how has that changed, I guess, from your children being very young and you doing the occasional event compared to now where they're grown enough that you have a grandbaby? Yes. So,
1: well, that, darling, how has this I have changed? have an 18 month old grandbaby that oh, we gosh. are in love up to our eyeballs. <laughs> oh, I had him yesterday. Okay, David. So, I started 22 years ago. So, oh. then we were living in Texas. I started getting, you know, some attention. I got my first television deal with ABC and Warner Brothers, and it didn't make it. And then we moved back to Knoxville, and you can look at my material, and you can follow my children talking about pregnancy and birthing and all that and then elementary school stuff about them playing t-ball or me picking them up at school in the pickup line. And then you can tell that in middle school, it was very dry time, because everybody told me in middle school, do not say our name, do not mention us. Everybody was <laughs> self-conscious. And Lord, I didn't want to make anybody mad. <laughs> then in high school, they were like, we don't care what you do. You know, they'd roll their eyes, and they were tired of me. Oh, that's So you can track my career by these children growing up. Now, this material now, I talk about menopause and being an empty nester, but I still reminisce about my kids being little, and or me being little, or raised in Middle Tennessee in a farming community. But... Lord, what'd you even ask me, David? I just huh? went off on a tangent, honey. No, not like really. A no,
0: no, you answered it actually kind of perfectly. asked you about the change. Not the change. You mentioned menopause. I say the change. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I was asking about how your material might have changed over the years. And I think that through your answer, it hasn't really changed because you're still just observing and talking about things that are going on in your life. And so that happened when the kids were young, as you said, dry spot in middle school, but then it took (laughs) off again. And it's continued into talking about one of their children as well. So not much of a change. It's just that the things around you, you're just still talking about that. You mentioned some of the things with ABC and whatnot. Do you have a sitcom on the way, or is that one of the things that went away with ABC?
1: I've had four oh, deals gosh. for sitcoms. Okay.
0: Yeah,
1: but my second one was with Matt Williams and Home Improvement. and Oh, and We Are Still Good Friends, and that one didn't make it, David. And then I had two with Sony just recently. And I don't know, it's still alive, I don't know if it'll happen or not, but David, I'm telling you this, I think at 56 years old, I don't know if I could do a sitcom at this point in my life. I mean, maybe someday, but I look back on it and when they didn't make it, I would be devastated and I would think, oh my gosh. But I look back on it now and I think, you know, I got to raise my children in Knoxville. I got to raise them. You know, if I'd been doing a sitcom, it would have been 14 hours a day. It would have been a different life than what we have now. Oh, sure. And I think I do want to do television, but good night. I've got this 100-city tour, and I think I've got another tour coming around the corner in 2023. And then I'd like to write a book. And I would like to do, I may want to do unscripted TV. I don't know. Mm, but, okay. yeah, nice. I've had wonderful opportunity to be a little mama. I say little. I'm 5'8", <laughs> and I've got a size shoe of a man. <laughs> but to be in Knoxville, Tennessee, and to be in the game, you know, with Hollywood and everything, it's been fascinating, David. I mean, I look at it and go, what in the world? It has been the most wonderful ride And I have had a ball. And, you know, I never lived in L.A. or New York, and I always wanted to. I always wanted to be in the cool kids on the, Mm -hmm. you know, at the comedy store and all that. And I admire all that. And I know a lot of people who, you know, come up in L.A. and New York. But I've been able to, I don't know how, honey, been able to do this from Knoxville, Tennessee. And, you know, I really and truly thought because I knew I was having a grandbaby. My son got married right out of college at 23 and to his college sweetheart, and I knew they wanted a bunch of babies. And, you know, me being from the country, as we say in Tennessee, I'm, you know, kind of like a meemaw. I need to stay at home and cook pinto beans and raise everybody's children. But I knew that he was going to have a baby, and I thought maybe I should just bow out of this thing. I've had a good run, and I'll just take care of his baby. Well, honey. I had these little social media guys helping me, Mm -hmm. and they started putting my clips out, Mm -hmm. and I think it was around 2019 things went viral, and I started selling out all over the United States. And there were times over the 22 years I could not get arrested. I say that phrase, but I mean I could not get booked, nobody cared. And then here I started selling out at 53 years old all over the United States, and then they gave me this tour. It is just like a miracle.
0: So, Knoxville, we're talking about opportunities here. This is why I bring this up. Knoxville, I helped to take a show down to one of the exhibits at the World's Fair in, what are the 82 or 83? Yes. So, Knoxville got that, but then beyond that, not a lot of opportunities for comedy clubs no. at that point. At that point, it would have had to have been New York, L.A., Chicago. Now they're everywhere. I'm sure there are clubs now in Knoxville. Yeah, I um, I know.
1: For the years there would be, but you know, Lord, I didn't know anything about them. I was having a bunch of kids. What are you,
0: class of '83 or '84? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, in '83 or '84, I was at the University of Tennessee, and I had no direction whatsoever, and I was making horrible decisions, David. Mm -hmm. I was making horrible decisions, but I knew I wanted to be in show business, but I was scared, and I thought, oh, I'll just go the traditional route, and I'll get a degree, and I'll get married, and, and even though I wanted to get married and have children. I don't know. It was just a whole, like, ten years in there where I just thought, that's crazy. I'm mm. crazy. Sure. I don't need to pursue that. But then, you know, I ended up doing it. And that just goes to show you, David, in this day and age with social media and the way things are now, you could be anywhere. Yes. And find an audience. Like, you know, you don't have to live in New York and L.A.
0: That's right. You're listening to KVC Arts on 919 KVCR. I'm David Fleming in conversation with comedian Leanne Morgan. She'll be at Morongo Casino Resort and Spa October 29th. Leanne, the numbers I'm about to mention are simply astonishing. I've spoken in the past with quite a few musicians performing for hundreds of thousands at a time, but you, your comedy bits on Facebook alone have gathered more than 60 million views. When did you first see a number like that and go, "Oh my god, 60, I mean, 6,000 is nice." But
1: I know. I okay, I know exactly when it happened. Okay. We were moving my baby child who's 24 now, but she was a few years ago, in 2019. We were moving her into a dorm room in Manhattan. She was going to go to school in New York. Mm-hmm. And I told my husband, my social media young guys that were helping me put out a video about me taking my husband to go see Def Leppard and Journey, <laughs> and how we all looked old at the concert, and everybody had plantar fasciitis. And <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm wearing arches right now because of that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, David, me too. So they put that video out, and we were trying to move her in. We were in some tiny hotel with a bunch of suitcases, and... My husband doesn't have a lot of patience, and I said, I looked at my Facebook, and I noticed how many times it was being shared, and I could feel it. I could feel something happening, and I said to my husband and my daughter, I go, something is happening, y'all, and they just looked at me, rolled their eyes, and I think my husband said, an Uber's here. Get the suitcase and get down the elevator, and everybody just ignored me, David, and I could feel it. I could feel a wave happening. I saw how many views that was racking up. And I, I believe you me, I was just as shocked as everybody. But something about going to concerts and everybody looking old and, you know, everybody's aged and, you know, the yeah. deaf leopard little man looked like he had a hernia. <laughs> it resonated with people. <laughs> and I, that's the first time I had women fans, you know, with, you know, a couple of clips I'd put out. About my daughter being mean when she was fourteen, and we were scared death of her. Yeah. That really resonated with people. But it was that deaf leopard video. Men, I think enjoyed that, and it just resonated with people. And it changed my career. It changed my career. And as soon as all these were ranking up these views, I was just as shocked as everybody. I still pinch myself and think, what yeah. in the world? I look out and I'm looking at 2,500 people every night in a beautiful theater. And thinking, and when did this? I mean, because there were times when I couldn't get booked to go down here to the Burger King. So <laughs> you know, it's just a miracle. It's from heaven. It truly is. And I look out in that audience and I think, oh my gosh, I'd be friends with every one of these people. And I think that's what the beauty of it is, David. It is I have hit a niche of a demographic that was being ignored. I think that Hollywood—I'll just say it—I think Hollywood ignores middle-aged women. And people out in the middle of the United States that are just, you know, raising kids and just normal, everyday people. Yeah. And I've started speaking to them. I mean, they feel heard.
0: Well, I mean, you're talking about real-life experiences, things that we can all relate to. And I, I said housewife humor earlier, and this is not the type of thing that is just the, a, quote, housewife, I should say. because Anybody who's ever done laundry or anybody's who <laughs> ever had their child throw up onto them, anything, you know, whatever, this is the <laughs> stuff you talk about, and, you know, you get people peeing on the couch. Oh, my gosh. So... <laughs> Yeah, that's never going away, Leanne. I have to tell you that. Okay, so. (laughs) That's okay. One of the biggest specials, we talked about 60 million Facebook views on your material. One of your biggest specials, I think, is from just really a few years back. The so yummy special, please. Talk yes, about honey, this one. How it came about. What about all daughters are mean? I have that list. Well, that's
1: a clip that was in ah, that special. Okay.
0: So yeah. talk about so yummy how it came about, and gosh, again, gotten some beautiful, wonderful, big reaction.
1: Oh my darling. Okay. Here's another thing that was a miracle. I really and truly was thinking of bowing out. Mm. I knew that baby was coming, and so that yeah. was around that time when. I thought, you know, this ain't going that well, and my man, and I'll go to work uh, okay. at Target, and um. my manager in Los Angeles said, Leigh, you've been asked to do this special for this Dry Bar platform, and back then, they had just started that. Nobody had heard of it, and it's if your listeners don't know, that Dry Bar Comedy is a platform that just has clean comedy specials on it, and nobody had ever heard of it. It was in Salt Lake City, Utah, and I was one of the first people to do it, and my manager said, you know what, you're going to be out that way anyway doing the Dubuque Chamber of Commerce luncheon. And that's how my career was going, David. And so he said, why don't you swing by there, nobody will ever see it. I remember him saying that. He goes, nobody will ever see it, you'll get good clips from it, you can use it to try to get other jobs. Mm, I swear that's what he said to me, what we all thought. And so I go and shoot that special, and Dry Bar blows up yes. and is huge, has got more views than Netflix. And that special was in there and that's the beginning of all this is that Dry Bar got me fans, like people enjoyed the special, thank the Lord, and they started sharing that with people and all that, and that got, I don't know how many, maybe $50 million, I don't even know. Yeah. But anyway, that started. Now, that didn't really sell tickets. It didn't translate to ticket sales. It wasn't until they put out another clip of me going to Def Leppard and Journey. I think that turned everything around. But yes, Dry Bar, that was a very successful special, but that's the only one I've ever put out. Now, I'm going to shoot okay. one this winter, and it'll be out next year.
0: As part of the Big Panty tour?
1: Mhm. Okay, excellent. yeah I won't call it the Big Panty, I don't think. I don't know. I might, David, I don't know. But yeah, I'm shooting a special this year and it'll be out next year.
0: If not the Big Panty, the thong remains the theme. Okay, so <laughs> let's close with a funny bit. One of your taglines or suggested question business, whatever. Being a housewife sharing jello recipes to having a new grandbaby, let's close this with some good jello moments which have made it into the act.
1: Oh, my darling. Okay, so my little mama had a stroke three years ago, but she's really doing well. And during the pandemic, one of the blessings of that nightmare was I wasn't on the road so I could go take care of my little mom and daddy. And my mama could only have pureed foods at one time, and so I started making gelatin salads for her. And that's a big thing in the South. We, honey, take a gelatin salad everywhere we go to a funeral. Somebody's breastfeeding. We take a Jell-O salad and we love them. So I started making her those and sharing that online, just, you know, on the back porch saying I made Lucille a blueberry gelatin salad. And people started going nuts over Jell-O and started sharing recipes with me, sharing recipes with each other. You know, my Facebook had grown to like 1.4 million, and all these people were sharing jell <laughs> And I sat there with Lucille, David, and I want to tell you that I was so cute in the 80s, and I had a cute figure. But during this pandemic, I sat there with my mama, Lucille, and ate that Jell-O. Well, Jell-O's got a lot of sugar in it. <laughs> And so now I tell people my stomach lays on my legs, and, <laughs> but my hair has—you know—when you're eating horse hooves, which is what it's made out of, my hair oh grew down to my butt, David. Oh so I've got this huge head of hair with a big fanny and stomach. <laughs> I hate to tell you that because I know you sound cute, <laughs> but anyway, that was the Jello. People sent me Jello molds. You would not believe it, it was like this whole—I can't believe I don't have a deal with Jello.
0: Yes, indeed. And I...
1: old pineapple and kumquat. Cool David, I made enough of it to fill a stadium.
0: Yeah, well, I think Jello may be distancing themselves from their previous spokesperson. Oh, so. uh, yes. Yeah.
1: True. Oh, there's Maybe a way they to don't close want Another Gosh. comedian. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow. Leanne, thank you so much for your time. I hope to make it to Morongo to see you when you get out to this area. I've truly, truly enjoyed this, and I regret having to. Oh, my
1: darling. Honey, I've truly enjoyed you. I wish we had another hour.
0: Yes, indeed. Me, too.
1: All right, you angel, you doll from Murray, Kentucky.
0: Oh, you angel doll from Tennessee. (laughs)
1: make you a jello salad while I was out there. Oh, you doll. Honey, thank you for having me. Thank I really you. appreciate it. I've had a good time.
0: Me too. Thanks for being had. Alright, thank <laughs> you. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye.
1: doll. See you soon.
0: For this edition of KVC Arts, it's been Conversation with Leanne Morgan at Morongo Casino Resort and Spa, October 29th. Tickets at several locations online, including leannemorgan.com. Thanks again to Leanne Morgan and to Alan Rommelfinger with Daybreak Entertainment for connecting me with Leanne. Here at KVCR thanks to Lillian Vasquez, Rick Dulock, Paulina Garcia, and Sherina Wad. Many past KVCR arts can be found through iTunes, NPR1, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and most past shows are at kvcrnews.org/arts. Music beds and themes heard on KVC Arts composed and performed by Sean Longstreet. So thanks to Sean as well. A reminder once again that the on-air portion of our fall membership campaign kicks off next week, and you can get us well on the way toward our goal before we even really start, the on-air portion of it anyway. Listener support has always made up the majority of our operating budget, and the goal for this fall will be much easier to attain. We may even end up hitting the mark sooner and spending less time on the air asking for your help. Please give at kvcrnews.org support or call 877- 512 Again, 877-512-8843 or online at kvcrnews.org/supports. I'm David Fleming. Thanks especially to you for listening and for your supports.